0: Amen, amen. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks, Matthew and team for leading us this morning. Man, I'm glad to see you today. Welcome to Real Life. Uh, Are you glad to be here today? Yes i'm glad that you are and i uh, believe that god has a reason for each of us to be here today my name is richie our lead pastor and i am so excited about moments like this we gather together to be reminded of who god's called us to be to be equipped for the mission of god we're on a mission together to reach this world for jesus one person at a time and that mission is happening it's moving forward so many cool things are happening so many lives are being impacted around here uh, i just get fired up seeing what god is doing i uh, did anybody yesterday were you out there running the 5k, the fun run yesterday? Some of you give these runners a hand. Some of you were serving. Uh, some of you were handing out bottles of water. It was such a good day. Got to raise thousands and thousands of dollars for one heart kids being loved on and served every week down at our one heart center in East central. And I'm so thankful for you sponsors. Those of you that volunteered, those of you that were running, uh, spreading the word. Uh, what a gift to be able to help, uh, meet kids where they are right after school. Uh, love them, serve them, feed them, have a ton of fun, create a safe place for these kids. Uh, It's an amazing gift that we get to do this together. And so thank you. Uh, On the note of kids, last week we adopted 91 kids from Ethiopia through compassion. That's pretty... That's pretty amazing. That, that is amazing to me to see uh, the generosity in, in so many of your hearts to say, you know what, uh, we want to reach this world for Jesus one person at a time, one kid at a time, one Ethiopian at a time. We got our in uh, to see lives change through us. We're feeding kids. We're, uh, we're, we're bringing them to school through that, that offering that you're giving monthly to those kids. You're helping them to experience the love and the grace of Jesus. Man, there's so much that you are doing in those kids' lives. That brings almost 200 kids now that we are actually, actively sponsoring in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And I am so thankful that those churches in that area are meeting those kids right where they are and Jesus is using you uh, to do that. And So it's really cool. Really cool. Next week uh, we're going to be focused more on some young people. Our students are going to be here kind of taking over, uh, serving in all the different capacities. Tyler, our youth director is going to preach with me next weekend. We are believing uh, that God is going to give us a clear vision and a passion for the next generation. Our young people matter so much and we are so excited to invest in them. And so come next week, excited to celebrate the next generation. Can you do that with me? Not begrudgingly, like excited. Uh, The next generation is coming and uh, we want to set the tone, set the way, uh, help them go way further than we've ever gone spiritually. And and throughout this world, God is going to use them in a powerful way. Uh, One other thing, I've been thinking a lot about and excited about is at the end of summer, we're going to do a cool series. Uh, We've done it in the past, but I think it's time again. Uh, Culture is moving so rapidly around us. You've got questions about how to navigate all the tensions. You, your kids, uh, your friends at school, uh, you have questions about maybe your faith, questions about the Bible, questions about homosexuality, questions about gender, questions about how do I navigate all of these tensions. And What we want to do is we want to just collect questions from you. And we're going to take those questions, really the top five of those questions, and we're going to uh, put a series together answering those questions here at the end of the summer. We'll even do some live Q&A that you could text in questions during my sermon, and um, we'll filter them appropriately, I promise. But uh, we want to answer those questions as well. As I'm, as I'm diving into some of these topics, I think God's going to really use that time. And so here's what I want you to do today and over the course of the next few weeks is I want you to submit a bunch of questions. What questions are on your heart? You can put them on the Connect card today. You can email us. Uh, we would love to help uh, put that series together at the end of the summer, and I think it's going to be a really powerful time. So Sound good? Yes, we are so stoked this morning. All right, Um, man, I'm excited to be here with you. Uh, I want to open God's word with you today, if you would. Um, Why don't you turn to John chapter 13, uh, New Testament gospel account of Jesus' life, ministry and teaching. We're going to launch off from there. We got a lot of places we're going to go. We got those notes with the summer schedule on the front there for you, so you could take lots of notes there. Take that home with you so you don't forget all the amazing upcoming dates um, this summer. Uh, and, um, yeah, just, just track with me. I want to pray and, uh, let's look to God's word together today. Lord, we come in here today hungry, ready to learn from you, ready to grow, ready to be, um, just shaped by you for your purposes, God. There's so many people in this room with so many stories, so many challenges in so many of our lives, God, difficulties that we're uncertain about, Lord, questions that we have. I pray, Lord, that you'd be here. In this time just speak into each of our hearts exactly where we are holy spirit you have the ability to meet every single one of us right where we are today bring encouragement bring conviction bring help bring strength god bring uh, just a, a sense of urgency to our hearts today lord we're trusting you to be here with us in this time and we ask you to speak powerfully by your word and by your spirit in your name jesus can you say amen amen amen, amen. We've been in a conversation about um, understanding what maturity looks like within all the different circles of relationships that we have. Our relationship with Jesus, our relationships here at the church, uh, our relationships in our family, in our marriage. um, That's coming up next. I can't wait for those conversations in parenting. Uh, then we'll be diving into our relationships at work and all those other places that we, everywhere our feet take us throughout the week, God has a picture of what it looks like to become mature in each of those relationships. See, when you come to faith in Jesus, you come really brand new as like a, Bible calls us like a spiritual infant. You're like born again, and you're now in this new spiritual life, but you really have no bearings. It's like infants have no idea what's day and night. You remember those sleepless nights because... Your baby chose to sleep during the day and not at night and, and figuring out all these like truths and understanding what it looks like to become who God made us to be. We're in a process of transformation. Jesus said uh, at the end of Revelation, he is making all things new. And that journey of making your life new, your relationships new, all of who you are new is a process of transformation. God has his part, but you and I certainly have our part to play in that journey of transformation. And so this, this conversation, we spent a whole bunch of weeks on what it looks like to be mature in your relationship with Jesus. Now we're in this conversation, this circle around the church. You've got that handout on the way in. You see those different circles, and that's where we are, focusing in on this sphere called the church. And I think it's an important one. I think there's a lot of things that are happening around um, Jesus' church that many of us aren't aware of. When my wife and I were at the hospital for a few weeks, there there was one lady that we just loved to see most days. She would come in and take out the garbage in in my wife's room. And she was usually kind of humming or singing or or talking about different songs that she was um, really enjoying. And you, you could tell there was this sense of just joy about her. and and oftentimes she was um, um, singing like a worship type song and and, um, when we started talking to her my wife specifically started asking her like what what are you singing or what are you talking about and she's asking my wife about different songs and stuff well she had just come to faith in Jesus and she was super excited about her relationship with Jesus and she was kind of like if I'm going to sing these songs, I'm going to talk about all these songs. I want to see who else knows who Jesus is around me as I'm going out about my day at the hospital. And it was just this really cool moment to see this person who's um, got a part to play in this massive, huge hospital, doing her part with such joy and such passion and such um, person kind of focus, Like she was looking for people to impact in the midst of, of this workplace. And as, you, as, as we were watching the hospital just work, it's this massive Organization And all of these intricate parts and so many different, not just doctors and nurses and nurses assistants, but um, all these different people contributing to make this hospital effective, a place for healing, a place where lives can be brought back to life. Think about Jesus Church in such a similar way. It's, it's to be a hospital for the spiritually hurting, not, not just the physically hurting like the hospital is, but, but actually a place where everybody's working together to, to help bring about this spiritual renewal and transformation in people's lives. That, that each part is equal and necessary. We all have different parts to play, but there's this, there's this common passion inside of us to see lives changed and people healed and set free from bondage and brokenness in their past. And, and man, when I saw that picture at the hospital, I was so encouraged thinking about Jesus Church, thinking about how these chairs you're sitting in this morning were set up by a volunteer team that showed up really early to get them really straight. And they're passionate about them being really straight because they they know that this speaks value to you, to friends of yours and people that you're inviting. Like, hey, these people are ready for us to experience God. The toilets being clean, the coffee being nice and hot. Like all of these little things come from someone somewhere that has a passion for this place to be a hospital for those that are hurting. Not just the things that get done, but the people that are smiling, that are hugging, that are helping us take our next steps, that are praying with us. Like every bit of this is happening because somebody has made a decision that this is their church and that they are committed to it and they want to help see this entire world reached with the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And I love this picture because at the core of Jesus' church is the purpose that Jesus set out for his church to make disciples of all nations. And that purpose has driven Jesus' church for the last couple thousand years, and that purpose is what drives us as a people to see lives changed rescued out of hell and set up on this new journey of becoming the man or woman that God has made us to be and somebody walking with them through that process of transformation. How, how a disciple grows is not just a, a setting like this. It's real connected, intimate relationship where somebody is encouraging, challenging, reminding of the truth, bringing all kinds of, of help to someone's soul. And I think about the amount of people that we baptize around here lately. It's just novel. It's miraculous to see uh, just month after month to see dozens and dozens of people giving their life to Jesus. But if somebody else in the church doesn't see these new spiritual infants with a sense of responsibility of like, oh, somebody's got to help them become who God made them to be so they can contribute to this overall whole and and, and really make this a place where God can move and work in people's lives, then, man, a lot of people are going to stay kind of stuck spiritually. And so for you and I to consider to go, okay, today, here's what I want to talk about. Jesus' church is not a thing. It's not a building. It's not a service. It's you. You being Jesus' church, taking responsibility for the people that God has put in your life, the people within this church, the people that God is drawing to himself, And you and I recognizing that we each have a part to play in that picture of Jesus' church being all that it could be, is what I want to talk about today. In John chapter 13, I had you turn there a minute ago, Jesus said, a new command I give to you. He's talking to his disciples. This is the command I give to you, love one another. He says, as I have loved you, here's the model, here's the picture, here's the reference point that I want you guys to use. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Listen, he doubles down right here. He says, by this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This one another phrase is used 100 times in the New Testament. 94 different verses, 100 mentions of this Greek word, one another. It's two words in the English, one in the Greek. Love each other, love one another, forgive one another, bear one another's burdens, be humble and gentle toward one another. One third of these 100 references are about loving one another. Another third of them are about unity within the church with one another. 15% of them are about humility toward one another. You think about this mention and this passion and this urgency that Jesus says, all right, this is how the world is gonna know that you are my disciples. He says, I want you to look back at what I've just done with you. Jesus could have chose any way he wanted to advance his mission, to establish his church, and he started with just a simple passion to get in relationship with these guys, show them what love looked like in his relationship with them, and then commission them to go do the same thing with people in their life. He so said, this is how the world is gonna know that you are my disciples. It's not maybe your knowledge. It's not your perfect services. It's not the perfect program. It's not the size of the building. It's not any of these things. It is your love for one another that is gonna determine whether or not people recognize that you are my church, that you're my people. For me, I don't know about how this hits you, but this is deeply convicting. Because we can make church, we can make relationships about lots of things. We can make uh, our experience in the church about a lot of different things. But what I see here is Jesus is saying, hey, I want to I show you a different way. Paul says in First Corinthians 13, a more excellent way. It's the way of love. The world has its way of doing things and accomplishing a mission and making things happen. And many of us have adopted the world's way because that's all we've seen and known. But Jesus is like, I got a different way. It's a way of my kingdom. It's a way that maybe doesn't make sense. It's a way of love. It's a way of sacrifice. It's a way of humility. He's so emphatic all throughout the New Testament 100 times. He's like, you've got to learn what it looks like to be in relationship with one another. Because if you don't, the world is going to have no idea that you are actually my disciples unless you learn how to love one another. In Acts chapter 2, these guys... They had just been given this commission from Jesus. Then Jesus goes to heaven. And then Peter preaches this first message after the spirit descended on them. And, and, and 3,000 people are added to the church in one day. They're all baptized on the spot. Such a cool, powerful moment. But in verse 42, Luke, the author, gives us this little snapshot, a window into what's going on in the church in the first century. It says, they, all these people that given their lives to Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, this is the word of God, to fellowship, that's relationship with each other. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So just look at this picture. Everyone there was filled with awe. I want you to just camp on this for a second. When you're a part of something amazing that you are blown away by, the miracles that are happening all around you, there's this sense of awe and excitement. You, you know what I'm talking about. Like, when, when somebody loves the thing that they are a part of, the, there's a passion inside them, there, there's a, this infectiousness about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wanna, I, I can't help but like, tell everybody about, like the, the lady at the hospital singing these songs and trying to engage with people, like, do they know Jesus? I know Jesus, I hope they get to know Jesus, I'm gonna help them know, like there's this, this excitement. These guys were filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were being performed by the apostles. I wonder if if some of the conviction in our own heart has slipped and some of the awe has kind of evaporated in our hearts about the miracle that you and I get to be a part of. God bringing all these crazy people together from all these different places in life. I just go, God... Renewing me, Richie, right here, this guy, a sense of wonder and awe about the miracle that you are doing in Spokane, about the miracle that you are doing in our midst. He says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. You hear this unity there. They even sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. It's a big, large gathering like this one. But they also broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I love the, the duality of this. You need large gatherings and small moments to look each other in the eye. It's not one or the other. Through the last couple of years, people have tried to make it one or the other, haven't they? And, 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 and I think this is so important to see both right here, temple courts and house to house together. And they ate together. Amen on that one, right? Ate together. We're going to do a whole series just on eating together. That sounds good. Let's do that. Uh, With glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Listen, listen to this. And the Lord, God himself, added to their number daily those who were being saved. Don't, don't hear this passage as a prescription. Like if we do X, Y, and Z exactly the way they did it in Acts 2, 42 through 47, then X, Y, and Z is going to happen. But I want you to hear this, that God has his part to play. God wants to build his church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to stop my church. But we have our part to play as well. You see the church being the church in this little snapshot in God doing what God does, adding to their number daily, those who are being saved. I love this this picture of of us in concert with God's plan and his purposes and and, and going, man, I want to be Jesus Church, the kind of church where God could add daily to the number, those who are being saved. Think about it. Go back to my hospital picture in your mind for a moment. If the hospital is not effective at healing people, sick people don't go there. Certainly, the great healer won't send people there. Right. And I think about the church as just this opportunity for us to be a, a, a place of hope and healing and life where love is real and and relationships and forgiveness and overlooking offenses and unity and commonality and sharing and giving and like this this picture of generosity. Like like, like who wouldn't want to send someone to that place where people can find that kind of love? The Lord added to their number daily. Those who are being saved, what a joy for God, right? Like, oh, that's a hospital I can send people to. That's a place of healing. Those are people who love. I want to get people there. There's a sense in me as I, as I read these passages with you today that just goes, God, you got to do a work in us for us to feel a sense of responsibility, not just to this thing called Jesus Church, but really to each other. This is difficult because relationships are difficult and people are difficult and you're difficult and I'm difficult, right? Like we've all got these difficulties and we've got these idiosyncrasies and we've got these, we got these um, places where we need uh, help in. We've got immaturities. We've got places that we've been hurt and offended. and So we, we start talking about having relationships within the church the way jesus has called us to have relationships in the church and i don't know about you but i start to start kind of feeling a little bit desperate like god if you're going to do this kind of work in our midst here today as jesus church as your church to god we need a miracle we need you to show up and do something supernatural i think that this is always true about jesus leadership he's always leading us to the end of ourselves and the capacity that we have and the strength that we have and the power that we have. He says things like, hey, I want you to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. We don't have what it takes. He's like, exactly. He says in John 15, 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. If, If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. It's like he's always bringing us back to this reminder like, hey, you don't have what it takes, but I do. You can't really be my church the way I've designed my church to be unless you are connected to the vine, the source of life and love and healing and hope. Like, like this is not a sermon about trying harder. This is a sermon about you and I recognizing that the only way for us to be the people that God has designed us to be is to be passionately connected to the vine, where the love of God is overflowing our own hearts so that it's flowing out to those that we are in relationship with. It's always coming back to this abiding, intimate, connected relationship with Jesus. You and I have nothing to bring if we don't have what God is pouring out into our lives. This is, apart from me, you can do nothing. There's no like mixing of words there. Like nothing fruitful is gonna come of these lives unless we are intimately connected to our relationship with Jesus. You can't learn relationship in the church apart from a relationship with Jesus. And you certainly can't learn relationship in the church apart from relationship in the church. (laughs) Track with me on this. Like you don't learn how to be married when you're not married, right? The only way to get good at marriage is to get married. Like some of you are waiting to get married until you're good at marriage. You're not going to get there, I promise you. (laughs) Same thing with kids. You're not a good parent until you have kids. And everybody thinks they're an awesome parent until they have kids, right? (laughs) Like you don't learn relationship unless you're in relationship. You don't learn loving one another, forgiving one another, unless you have somebody to forgive. And I wish there was another way. I I wish, I wish there was another way to learn forgiveness. I wish there was another way to have to learn how to overlook offenses. I wish there was a way to, to learn how to be sacrificial in my heart towards somebody, to put away my rights and my desires and my expectations and humble myself in relationship with somebody, except for when. I'm in relationship with somebody and an expectation that I have of them goes unmet. Man, I wish there was another way, but there's not. And and that's why this conversation I feel like is so important because we only discover how to be in relationship within Jesus church when we're in relationship with Jesus and we're in relationship with his church. I was thinking about the power of this though. Grayson was telling me about one of our group leaders who heard his, got hurt at work this last couple of weeks and um, injury led to where he couldn't work and was laid up at home at his house. And Grayson was training one of our other guys to be a pastor and went together to go visit this guy at his house. And um, they were clearly late to the party because one of their group members that this guy is leading had been there for the last couple hours and about four other people from his group had already been there at his house praying with him and meeting with him for the last several hours. Uh, People in his group had already uh, helped fix his car that was breaking down and a a bunch of other people had rallied some finances while he was outside of work to be able to help cover the bills and pay for food. When I look at this picture, I'm like, man, that's it, right? Like we all wanna be a part of that kind of a church. But the only way we learn to be that kind of a church is when we get in and decide to learn to be that kind of a church. And I really believe that this is the call that God has on our hearts. But many of us, if we're honest, we've stayed at a distance or hesitant or we've been hurt. We've been burned. We've been betrayed. We've had difficulties in relationship and people we've trusted and leaders in the church and things have gone wrong. And we even have this language for it now, right? Church hurt. And that language is, is really damaging, I think, to a lot of our faith, believing that God can do something supernatural through a bunch of messed up people. Like the only kind of church we're going to engage in is in one that doesn't hurt people. Guess what? Every church you're a part of has people in it, and that's what people do. We accidentally hurt each other. Nobody's trying to. I don't, I don't really believe that. Maybe there's some evil people out there. But most of us have this sense of like, oh, I want to love, I want to learn, and yet we make mistakes. We're called normal, everyday sinners. This is what sinners do. We make mistakes. And if we're waiting to find a church without sinners in it, we're waiting for a long time. Because that's the point of Jesus' church, isn't it? To rescue sinners, to heal broken people to restore broken lives so i want to call you today to become this kind of church with these kind of relationships i'd start with this just a simple commitment to grow here to say i'm committed to grow here at real life this is my church and these are my people you may not know anybody here yet but you are making a decision in your heart i'm in these are my people And I want you to have this kind of conversation internally and have it with your spouse and have it with your kids to go, you know what? Maybe we've been at a distance. We've been kind of watching to see how this church is and does this church hurt people and do things happen here that we don't like or don't agree with? And I'm guaranteeing you those things will happen. Just like any marriage, any family, There is imperfections, there is brokenness. I am asking us to say, you know what, in spite of all of that, the mandate from God is that we would become a people who learn to love the way Jesus loved us. And that that kind of love would push us, compel us to make a commitment Grow here, to invest here, to give here, to live here, to connect here, to make this our family, our church, our place, that we are going to be on mission collectively and show the world what love looks like. Show the world what relationship looks like. Hebrews chapter three, the writer says, see to it, brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another how often I mean, you gotta know some people, right? You gotta see some people in the eyeballs to know like, hey, they're discouraged today. They need some encouragement. I love this, he covers it again. As long as it is called today, that's how often I want you to encourage each other. It's obvious that we need encouragement, right? That we lose heart, that we struggle, that we get discouraged. He says, I I want you to encourage each other this often so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. How does that happen? We get disappointed an expectation is not met in our minds of the way we thought things should be and the way people should love us or the way that we were trying to love someone else. And as soon as that expectation goes unmet, we have a decision to make. Is that disappointment gonna lead to bitterness and frustration and unforgiveness? Or is that disappointment gonna lead me to a place where I go back to the vine, the source of life, in healing and hope and forgiveness and, and go, God, thank you for your grace that you poured out on my life. I don't got grace to give this person right now, but I'm trusting that you as the vine got enough grace to move this grace through me to love this person, forgive this person and keep moving forward, amen? I really believe that's the picture. You are desperate for the vine to be alive, the, the flow of God's love and grace inside you for the church to ever have a chance. There is no way that the church could be Jesus' church without the love of God, the grace of God flowing through the people of God to those around us. The second thing I want to call you to is to commit to give first and then get around to receiving sometime. The challenge for us is this, is we come to receive. We come into a church to see what it's got for me, what it's going to provide for me, how, how they're going to love me, and what happens if you get a bunch of people that are looking to receive all in the same room together? Nobody's given, and everybody's upset because I'm not getting what I need. Jesus was so clear in, in his heart and his passion, and his example, you know, the son of man, God himself coming to earth on a rescue mission, not looking to receive anything from mankind, He said, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, though he deserves to be served. God himself walking on earth. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Think of the picture that Jesus models for us. The life that he invites us into just by his picture that he gave to us. Not a life of receiving, receiving what's in it for me, You know what this is? This this is our sinful nature inside of us that was given to us through the fall of all mankind, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That choice to disobey God's leadership invited sin to corrupt our human nature. And that corruption is constantly defiling us and leading us to live for ourselves, to only care about ourselves. See, what's so good about relationship with other people is that In order for it to work, you gotta learn to deny yourself. So this becomes such a powerful place when you and I are running around looking how to give, not how to receive. Because all of us are running around denying ourselves and our sinful, ambitious desires, things that gratify our own sinful nature. And we're all getting beyond ourselves in those self-centered ways. And we're looking for people and how can we encourage them and love them and serve them and and bring some life to them? Not, Not what's in it for me. Man, that place is an amazing place. Those people, that room, that lobby, and that small group, everybody's walking in to to connect group on a Tuesday night the heart to give God who are you going to use me to encourage tonight I don't know God God, what are you going to use me to say to somebody tonight maybe somebody you just want me to hug tonight maybe a note you want me to write to someone if you and I would commit to give first and worry about the receiving later Jesus said, it's so much better to give than to receive. And I believe that, you believe that. But yet many of us haven't done the work of taming the self-centered nature that's raging inside of us. That happens when you're in relationship with people. Last thing is, I wanna call you to this, is to commit to keep showing up there's something powerful about presence faithfulness even when you don't feel like i can't tell you how many times going to men's group going to connect group coming here on a sunday how tempting it is to be like "Eh, i'm not really feeling it today i heard that the guy at my men's group isn't coming that usually brings the banana bread so you know why even go? <laughs> you know? I was thinking about Lisa. She's been a part of our church since the very beginning. Every time we celebrate our church's anniversary in the fall, I'm always looking for Lisa. She's been through a lot in her life. She was one of our first admin here What I love is that Lisa just keeps showing up. The faithfulness of her presence here as a part of the body. Even when she lost her husband a year and a half ago, she kept showing up, letting us hug her, her hugging us, being a part of connect groups, being a part of services like this. Maybe not feeling like she had much to bring all the time, but she just kept showing up so blessed by faithfulness in a world that is so flaky to have people that are steadfast that are, that are resilient that are strong and rooted and established and not wishy-washy and kind of all over the place Hebrews 10 says let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day of Jesus' arrival approaching. Let us not give up meeting together keep showing up. God can do something with that kind of faithfulness. You may not feel like you've got much to bring, but bring who you are, what you have. Bring this passion, this heart to see God move powerfully in other people's lives. Watch what he can do as you just make your heart available. Just humble yourself enough to get beyond yourself and see the, see the look in people's eyes hear the need of their story, the pain that they're navigating right now and move beyond your own story and your own pain into their story and just begin to engage in a way that God can do something. God can show up. His love that he's been pouring out on your life can begin to trickle out into their life. Grace that you are receiving is meant to be given to those in compassion all around you. It's so easy for it to be a small little thing that we just kind of get frustrated with, hurt with, annoyed by. I believe that God wants to call us to keep showing up, keep pressing in, keep connecting, keep reaching out. Psalm 92 says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. It will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. That's where you need to be. It will flourish in the courts or the presence of our God. It takes intentionality for you to plant in the house of God. It takes a intentionality around your schedule, around your passion, around your heart, to be planted in the house of Those are the people that flourish. Those are the people that bear fruit. The people that keep showing up, that keep planting their roots, that keep choosing to commit to make this their church, to make this their family, make these the relationships that they're gonna grow with and build with and encourage with. And that makes us this opportunity for us to be this church that Jesus has designed us to be. A place where relationships, the love that we have, begins to impact the city in this world. There's so much of it happening. I want you to be encouraged today in this. I share stories because I want you to hear that this is coming, it's happening here in our midst. There's a lot to be in awe of and inspired by here in our midst, that God is working powerfully here. He's establishing something here that is going to be city changing, world shaping. I believe that with all my heart. We're together with our elder team this last week and lot of praying a lot of tears a lot of laughter too as we are looking down the road together at the vision that God has on our heart and the joy and the anticipation in our hearts of what God has in mind for us as a church man there's so much but guess what all of that all of that is only going to happen as we choose to make these kind of relationships a reality right here in our midst I can't wait to share all that with you, but it starts right here with us just making a decision today to be who Jesus has called us to be, to have the kind of relationships that he's called us to have. Would you stand to your feet today with me if you would, real life? I wanna pray with you. I know there's some of you in the room that are putting your faith in Jesus Christ for the first time, and if that's you, I wanna call you to be baptized today. Take that step. We've got shirts and shorts and towels. We've got waters full up here and ready for you team will meet you in the back in a moment others of you you're not connected maybe you have the capacity to help disciple other people and you're not doing that right now just spiritual infants spiritually dead people all throughout our church and God is going hey I need you to care about these people that need to be invested in whatever your next step is I just give you a moment right now to allow God to speak to you just maybe open your hands before him right now in a place of surrender yours we are yours we surrender god we want to be your people we want to be your church we want to we want to have your heart we want to have this kind of love god flowing through this church god to this city to this world god forgive us for our self-centered ways and our insecurities and all the things that have kept us from being the church that you've called us to be god wherever there has been hurts and pain from trying in the past, God, by your grace, would you heal those hurts in our hearts, God? Give us the courage to try again, to keep loving, to keep forgiving, to keep extending grace, God. We trust you, Jesus. We see this picture of your church, and God, we're inspired, challenged, convicted, and God, we're responsive. We want to be your church. We love you with all our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Team's going to lead us to worship. If you would, just worship with us in response to God's leading in your heart. We'll have people up here at the end that would love to pray with you. If you need to be baptized, head to the back right now. Come on, let's worship.